Welcome to the Crack On Podcast, hosted by me, John Saunders. Crack On! Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Crack On Podcast, hosted by myself, John Saunders. So, Series 3, Episode 6. What a guest I have today. So, Raina Davis. So she's the managing director and co-founder of A&R Cleaning and Security Services. Just a whirlwind. Uh, her story is amazing, fantastic place where she's at now, but really had a quite a, a tough time to start. So really good, you know, just an inspirational journey. Great businesswoman, um, an inspiration. Hope you enjoy. Crack on. Good morning, Raina. How are you? Good morning, John. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thank you. Really well. Thanks ever so much for coming on the Crack On podcast. It's okay. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how we get on at the end. See if you're thanking me at the end. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. How but, do I leave? Yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be tame. I'll be tame. So the, the first question I ask everyone, what does Crack On mean to you? I think for me, it's just a case of just getting up every day and doing what you not only do best but what you love to do so I think you have to be passionate about what you um, are really cracking on about and no matter what hurdles or diversity you, you hit or face in front of you you just you just got to keep going otherwise it's um, so easy to throw the towel in and walk away um, but yeah just got to keep going just keep going get over the hurdles get over the barriers and don't take no for an answer. <laughs> give, us, give us an example of one of those barriers then, because obviously, you know, you've been uh, in the current business for like over 11 years. There must have been some ups and downs with that. So is there any 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 time specifically you can remember that, that you just thought, oh, no, it's all crumbling around, around me? Oh, uh, how long have we got? Um, <laughs> We've got, we got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time. I think one of the, the sort of um, moments that stick with me was uh, when we were a lot more domesticated. So we used to provide domestic cleaning yeah. um, and we were a team of about 20 or 30 staff wow. um, quite a few years ago. And I was due to take me and Ashley was due to take the kids to the caravan for it was during the six weeks holidays. We'd booked two weeks off, just like everyone entitled to annual leave. Yeah. Um, and literally the day before the six weeks holidays, we had about six or seven members of our cleaning team resign because they had no childcare for the six weeks holidays. Oh, wow. So that just created a whole nother level of, of stress, anxiety, worry. We're going to let customers down. We can't let customers down. So it was a case for me to, I had to cancel my holiday um, couldn't take, well, Ash took the kids down the caravan. He was working back and forth, but I, I couldn't. I had to stay with the business and I had to pick up all the calls that people were unable to do because they left the business. So, um, you know, back then I could have quite easily have said, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. No more. And, but then with every stage of growth, you hit another challenge, another problem. And then you're dealing with management team. And if a management team leaves the business you're in a far you know sort of more difficult situation because you've got a manager you know got to recruit a manager so it's yeah there's so many times I could have quite easily just said I'm done yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then COVID comes along <laughs> yeah and then COVID just decides to come along and, uh, and knock everyone's socks off yeah but, it, but so we're still here absolutely no absolutely and we're gonna yeah we're gonna get into that I've got one more question before we crack into into the life of but the, so idols wise, so is there anybody in your life that 
you has been really influential and uh, and you were classed as an idol or a mentor and, and and what sort of influences have they had yeah then one of the ladies that sticks in my mind um she was one of my domestic clients uh so she was one of my first so i used to do her ironing and i started doing her cleaning and she had a beautiful house um and her life was kind of like the life that i was trying to um you know sort of set up and achieve and i think she was such a an incredible woman um very successful woman mm. uh well known in the industry she was in and i just aspired to to sort of be like her and i think um she taught me so much uh back in 2012 she got me into journaling because she said when you're able to express how you're feeling and just get it on paper that will really help you sort of just dump everything on a piece of paper and if you leave it there at least you can move on and and then be with your your thoughts that's going to better you rather than all the negative yeah. crap basically that's not going to help you get to where you want to be so um so yeah uh christine martin's the lady's name and she's Lovely. definitely one of the ladies that's inspired me hugely that's that's amazing that's a great story as well and that that's sort of for any anyone listening that sort of because we've all got to draw from people we all have and we've all had, had different influences um it was funny today i was thinking about I was listening to a podcast and it was asking about a coach or a teacher that has been impactful. I, I had two or three that really stand out and they, you just, you just remember them, don't you? They just have influence on you. You know, they've molded us. I, she taught me a lesson with cleaning. So she said, when, when I was there doing house cleaning, yeah. she said to me after a few weeks, she said, right, I've seen how you like to make the bed. Now I'm going to show you how I like to make the bed. So, um, you know, she taught me a really valuable lesson quite early on that not everybody requires things my way. I have to adapt to how other people like things done. Yeah. So um, from it very early on, you know, it was that that ability that she gave me to not treat all my clients the same. You've got to make it different for your clients. And I think that's definitely helped us in the commercial sector now. Yeah, that's a, that's a great lesson. And so look, start off. You know, give us a story then. Tell us where, go, go back as far as you want to and talk us all about where it all started. I see, um, you know, like, yeah, just go from the beginning and, and let, let us all know where it all started. Okay. Um, so I think from uh, the moment I was born, I was a nightmare for my parents. <laughs> no, just teasing, not going to go back that far. Um, uh, I think for, for me... Um, Oh, definitely not as a child. No, not as a child. Um, we leave that behind. Um, I was 16 and I had my first child at the age of 16 and um, I was claiming benefits and I had absolutely nothing to my name. And I just, um, I moved into a rented house and it was, it was by far from the fairy tales that you read in school and, you know, Cinderella lost a shoe and, you know, all of these fairy tales that just sound amazing. Yeah. And there's me living with, you know, being a mum at 16, living in my own house, paying bills that I didn't even know existed um, and claiming benefits. And I think as, as any parent or um, a mother, you know, you don't, or even a father, you don't have children. And, and, and well, certainly for me, I didn't want to have children and raise them on benefits. I wanted to teach them a lesson that, you know, if you work hard, you're able to achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and then my second daughter came along and at that point, things were 10 times worse. I was still struggling. And I just thought enough's enough. Um, I looked at all the skills I had. I left school, no GCSEs, no qualifications. And I looked at the skills that I had and I thought, well, 
I'm a mother. I look after the house. I care for people. I was, I was working part-time as a care assistant. Yeah. And I, I just loved helping people. I just loved, I loved raising my children. I loved being a carer, but it just never gave me the lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I uh, said to a few family members that I'm going to, I, that's it. I'm going to go self-employed. I'm going to do people's iron in. And quite a few people laughed, like, iron in? Yeah. Iron in people's clothes? That's yeah. not, that's just like really not a business. And I was like, yeah, I, th- I, you know, I think I could really make something of this. Yeah. And, and I, I literally didn't do anything for six months. I just, I just went to work, continued with benefits. And I just was like, oh my God, yeah. I, I had such a strong burning desire that like, that's going to change my life. I have yeah, to do yeah. it. Um, and then I, I literally went to my corner shop and I handwritten sign, little tiny piece of cardboard. I think it was 20 pence for two weeks or 50 pence nice. for two weeks. And um, and that's when it all started, really. I was ironing people's clothes. Then I went into domestic cleaning. Um, Ash came on board in 2010. And we've grown the business together ever since. Um, and, and through every stage and every year and every month, we learn something new. Well, every day, actually, we're learning things new about our business, about our people, and about the type of business that we want to continue to, to aspire to be. I bet, and, that, and that, that young family actually resonates quite a lot with me. My uh, my mum had my brother when she was fifteen, um, so it's it's, and, I, and she talks to me about how you know the struggles, and um, she actually went went away to a different part of the country, and and got and my brother was at his first year in a different part in, in the UK, just to sort of it was back in the times, you know. But that, it was a real struggle. And my mum talks to me quite openly now about just that struggle at that point, and it and it. I, 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 the only thing I can look at it when I hear the stories from my mum is it makes you, it maketh, maketh the man, doesn't it? You know, because to be put in that position mm. at that young age, you must have learned so much at that point. Oh, I, I at the age of sort of 23, you know, I had kids in full-time school and, you know, one was not far off going to comprehensive school and things. And yeah. you know, the life lessons that I was able to learn within, you know, 10 years of leaving school to the age of 26, what most people was only just sort of getting a degree or, you know, didn't really have much work experience or had a job and stayed in a job. I, the life skills that I was able to, to learn and the, the types of people that taught me so many lessons, you know, I, I don't think I would have had that. And, um, you know, people say, you know, do you wish you waited until you had your children until you were older? Definitely not because no. it's what made me. They yeah. gave me the drive to succeed. They gave me the drive to better myself. They gave me the drive to want to go out there and say, and I made a promise when I was on benefits that by the time my children are 12, I'll take them to Florida. Wow. And I literally didn't even have five pound in my bank. So let alone buying 1,500 pound theme park tickets. I literally didn't have, I was borrowing 10 pound for gas, borrowing five pound for electric off my dad, petrol and things. So, you know, and it was really tough, but um. But yeah, it definitely shapes you to, to, to be the type of person that I am today. And uh, and yeah, that's why I don't give up. That's why I just keep going because... And the, the thing, the one word that comes to me from, you know, we haven't really met. We've met a couple of times in the past. We've met at the Fast Growth 50. Congratulations with that. And there's a few award ceremonies. I've seen you picking up things. and But people see the awards and people see all that, but they don't see the grit and the determination from that level up, you know, because... And that for me is, you know, that for me is, is a massive, it's a massive, oh, massive, massive positive. And I think anyone in those positions right at this moment listening to this, 
you know, what one lesson would you say, or what would you say to that person if if they were struggling now and they were in that position of, you know, yeah, as you said, you've you've got that not give up attitude, but how did that come about, and what advice would you give to someone who's sort of in the similar position? I think you've got to under first of all, you've got to understand what you want, um, yeah. and I think understanding what you want to achieve. Having that vision is so important to be able to, um, it's almost like having a sat nav, isn't it? You know the destination, you know where you want to go. If you want to go to London, this is the journey you need to take. You know, you might want to go and see Big Ben or whatever, but you've got that vision of what you think it's going to look like. And for me, I've always had vision boards, well, I say always, for the last eight to 10 years, I've had vision boards every year. Yeah. I create my own vision board and I've got things on there. Um, some things I don't achieve, which is fine because if my why was big enough, if I wanted it big enough, I would have committed the time and effort to yeah. achieve that. So it, it really is about understanding what you want to achieve. Um, and that in itself, if that is big enough, if that reason or that thing is big enough, you just, you, you will achieve it no matter, you might have to take a different direction to get there. Yeah. But if the goal is the goal, you will 100% get there. Um, you just might have to change a couple of routes to be able to get there. And I don't think that's a bad thing because you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Well, can I ask about your current vision board? Is there a, is there anything specific in there you're happy to share? Um, so, well, <laughs> I did one. Um, the last one I did last year, um, there was quite a few things on there. There was um, uh, go to the Maldives, go on a, like a yacht holiday for um, a month with a family. Yeah. Um, uh, create my own podcast was on there. Uh, so, and, you know, and, uh, woohoo! Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's sort of, you, you start working towards these things and you start seeing how it looks and what's the plan. Yeah. And then all of a sudden March COVID hit and it was like, yeah, out the window, <laughs> whatever I want personally, it, yeah. it, it then almost doesn't become about you it becomes about your people yeah. you're you're responsible to look after all these people so um whilst you're creating your own goals you have to like i had to totally rein it back in and be like yeah it's not about me it's about the people how do we protect our people and our staff so um exactly. so my vision board at the moment is uh is is, is wrapped up in a little envelope until, until covid's kind of cleared a bit and i can get back to to working on some of the goals but ultimately at the moment it's just the business goals and the business vision which isn't healthy on times because you become so engrossed in your business yeah. um you almost forget that you're a human being with heart head brains emotions yeah um yeah you, you, know, you can lose that you, you come across as well as a sort of person that has has that you know i'm a very firm believer what you put out there if you put positive stuff out positive stuff will always come back you know and you come across like that sort of person. That's what resonates from you is that there's a lot of positivity in there. And you mentioned your team. Talk me a bit about A&R's cleaning journey and, and, and how you've built that team around you. I can remember, um, I think it was back in 2009, and uh, I knew I needed to take on an employee because I was working ridiculous amount of hours. I was working from... It's five in the morning, getting the kids, doing a bag of iron and getting the kids up, taking them to school, cleaning all day, picking ironing up, and then ironing all evening. The kids go to bed seven o'clock, and I was ironing all evening until about two o'clock. It got to a point where my wrists were hurting so much, I was crying, <laughs> and Ash was saying to me, he's like, you need to take on a member of staff, but at the time, you know, I'm a superwoman, I can do it all. I can, um, I think, 
you have to be prepared to take on staff, but you have to be prepared to take what comes with recruiting a team. Um, we learned a lot in the first few years. Of can I ask you one question? There's a friend of mine or a, a good friend of mine um, that is now in a position where he's at the point where he feels he needs to take someone on. You know, talk me a bit about one how you did it, what you did to approach it, and, and, and any advice for someone that sat there, their over capacity, which it sounds like you probably were. And you know, what, what was the how did you go about doing it? In the beginning, we didn't have anything like processes, systems. Um, we just knew we needed kind of a body, a person to be able to, to work. Um, as the business is evolved and grown we've grown within I think the biggest thing is is making sure that from day one you understand what you want that person to do yeah. because it's it's really easy as a, an owner of a company a director to, to say well I need a body but I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and then so you need to understand first of all what you need to let go of and that's what I've done over the years is every time we've grown as a business I I've actually written lists which I still got to this day um, and it helps me so I've got lists of you know what do I need to let go of yeah. that will give me the time to do what I need to be doing to be able to push the business forward to be able to grow so you know make a list make it very clear make the job description very clear yeah. and the very last one just put in there um, and any other needs of the business because yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a key one to having a job description yeah, check that one in at the end. But it's really good to, you know, for them also to understand what it is that they need to be doing to help yeah. the business get to where it needs to be. And and sharing the vision, sharing. Um, we we hold every year. We have a strategy meeting, um, which we've only sort of done in the last six years. So in the early years, it was a case of just work, 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 work. And, um, and then it was like, we need processes, we need systems, we need to streamline things, we need to make things better. Um, yeah. That's come from, you know, the, the, the sort of the latter years. But um, you're sharing your vision with your team. What what does the business want to achieve? Where are we going? And, and actually, how do we treat our people? How do we treat our customers? Because if you look after your customers and you look after your staff, you, you create a great business. 100%. And I think you spoke about COVID as well. And I'd be interested to see your view on this. We'll come back to your first employee in the journey in a second. But yeah. the, the COVID bit, I mean, for, I'm a firm believer that it's about the people, right? You can invest in all these things now, but actually COVID has, has taught me anyway that if you don't look after that person, especially in the vulnerable position we're all in at the moment, you lose the whole game. What have you done through COVID now we found COVID with your, with your team? COVID's been really challenging. There's been for every single person it's brought fear anxiety stress yeah. mental yeah. health we've just seen go through the roof um yeah. people who work for us our staff whether they're men or women their partners might have been made redundant so home life for them has been a lot more stressful and demanding so it's not just what covid's brought it's, it's the whole the, the the ripple effect that it's, it's brought with it as well is um has been really difficult one thing we did um the way we've managed through COVID is we've done regular surveys to staff. Um, visibility is massive. Um, we do like monthly newsletters. We send newsletters out. So we, you know, try to keep that team culture going as well. Um, but one of the things we did uh, the back end of last year, we invested in an employee assistant program. So basically, the staff get um, anything to do with financial support or help over the phone they have counseling mental health 
they have counseling from cognitive behavior therapy trained therapists and um just being able to give them that um the reassurance that it's 100 confidential they don't ring me up after somebody's at a session no. it's it's allowed them to um go and seek the help at no cost to them whatsoever we've done that for our employees and the immediate family so i think you know that's gone down um really well and it's just showed us that you know we actually do care whilst we can't um offer 320 people that sit down and have a coffee and have a chat because some of them don't want to speak to us about any problems they've got going on at home yeah. we've we've offered them a program which will fully help and assist them to, to get through that so so that's been a key thing another thing we did in march was um we we sent a, a full in february we sent a uh, Every single member of our staff, we were going to march the Welsh coastline. So yeah. if they wanted to get involved, we did a Strava group. And um, it allowed people to interact and engage and see people's miles. It, it then, like, people were following each other on Strava and being very competitive and sending yeah. pictures in of walking up the mountain with their family and dog. And it was all about encouraging mental health, well-being, how much the outdoors can help with that. So, um we did a bit of a competition as well whilst raising money for charity so that was a massive success because it brought people it engaged people mm. so it engaged our staff to, to 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 feel as if they're a part of something even though they're not in the office working they're external workers they work out and about and um and trying to keep that culture going as you grow is 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 key i think to to, to make them feel a part of something yeah totally but, but gonna, let's talk about a bit about the culture but one question before that what have you done yourself to because it's all well and good the team and we're all about the team and i'm i'm in the same boat as you it's all about other people what about yourself what have you done sort of to try and make your make sure you've been been in that great place because if as we all know if you're not in that great place how can you make sure the other guys are so how what have you what have you done what do you do daily or what do you do anything particular that that really help that helps yourself uh, in the beginning, I drank a lot of wine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I kind of, yeah, I think I kind of like, um, uh, I didn't hide from the fact that we were going through a global pandemic, but it was just the sheer stress that it brought. Um, and then come June, I realised, whoa, that's not healthy. I need to do something about it. So I set myself a challenge um, to run 100 miles in June. So it was really focused. It gave me something to focus on. So I achieved that. Um, a few days into it, I realised, well, actually, there's, there's bigger things out there than me and I decided to do it for charity so again I was doing it for something else yeah. um but the last sort of seven eight weeks I've done a PT course which is which has helped me massively I suppose because I've had to finish work two days a week to go to PT right. whereas I'm normally you know being the last one in the office um just working relentless to just get a self not just through COVID but we've also grown quite a lot as a business as well so um dealing with that as well um but yeah I think doing PT doing exercise um just getting out in the outdoors and things like that has been has been massive for my mental health and um and just helping me pull myself back out and because I think when you're so far in your business it's so you don't look at it from a clear perspective you, you're making decisions that could be damaging so you do need to be able to pull yourself out of that situation and look at it almost from a bird's eye view and say right what is really going on what is actually going on in my business rather than I'm in the business like you know make this decision and you make the wrong decisions you make bad decisions so um that's not healthy for you your team or the business and you and, and your clients no no totally and you talked about you know you've mentioned culture about five or six times which again I love that the fact that I can see the words on the back and talk us through the culture of your business and, and how you got to where that is with you. You mentioned 320 staff. 
that's a that's a big old business now, you know. And so, congratulations with that. But so, talk to me about the, the culture. It's obviously very important to you. How have you built it, and what is it within your company? I think um, it's quite funny actually. Just uh, answering this question this morning, um, you know, co- corporate social responsibility and. Genuinely, a few years ago, up until probably three years ago, when we were pruning for tenders and things, and they asked for corporate social responsibility, I genuinely didn't do any research into it. I didn't understand what it was. Um, I think a lot of that's come from, um, our culture's come a lot from me seeing people as people, not as numbers. Me seeing people as, you know, people are real. They, they, they've got emotions, trying to get that work-life balance for them especially in our industry is very difficult but how do you if they don't always have a work-life balance how do you look after them how do you reward them how do you show them that they are cared for they are appreciated appreciated and I think it's that's just evolved as the years has gone on we've always given back to fundraising we've done events our staff come on award dues we hold regular like pizza days and domino days um, we take them so when we grew every time we grew by a thousand hours we'd go and take them all for a meal out and do things and you know birthdays their fifth two of our managers um recently last year went through their fifth year with the company and you know and it's, it's not about materialistic things but we did a big celebration they had a nice pandora bracelet they had um flowers and gin alcohol but you know and it's it's, it's just all these little things i think over time it's not just the one big thing that you know, you're going to give somebody a bonus or you're going to give somebody, um, a, a, you know, they, they threaten to leave the business and then you go, oh, by the way, we're going to offer you an extra £6,000 to stay. Yeah. Um, sometimes those things are too late. It's about how do you do all these little things? And then that becomes part of your actual culture and how you operate. And um, what's really nice to see before COVID, well, even during COVID, um, for our cleaning team, our managers would take ice lollies. So if it's a boiling hot day and they're going to go and do an audit in the school, they'll take a box of ice lollies and say, you are, you know, and hand them out to the cleaning staff and yeah. um, all the staff that worked throughout the global pandemic, every single member of staff, we hand delivered them a bunch of flowers. So yeah. it's just the little things that um, that make the biggest of differences. Yeah. And then, and I look, I love all them, all them. I was just smiling with him because they're, they're ones that, they don't cost a lot of money either. They're just ones that they mean so much to a person. And um, I'm a firm believer of that as well. That, you know, the small but often rewards, it doesn't take, doesn't cost anything to say thank you. Doesn't cost anything just to, you know, say well done. And those sort of, those sort of elements, I think that's where, by the, by the sounds of it, that's where the crux of your business is, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, we, you know, in, in the earlier years, we used to do, um, it's called the Golden Squeegee Award. So, you know, we used to have office parties with awards and things like that. And yeah, and it just, that's just us. That's just how we operate. I think, um, you know, we're, when we set up the business, we, we never came from corporate backgrounds. We never came from, um, you know, blue chip companies, which was already made, had everything and we had to adapt we created yeah. our business to how we wanted our business to be. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, it, it definitely makes a difference being able to operate in this way because it's true to us, it's true to our values, and it's true to our purpose in in what we do. Yeah, and you and you know what, you do it with a smile on your face, and that that again goes so far, you know. Um, you know, and I, I I think there's a lot to say within business within that that you know you you should always do it. Don't get me wrong, I know it's probably not it's not all smiles and dances. I know that, but. <laughs> You know, there are times, but, you know, to the staff and to the business, that's what it needs to be, isn't it? You know, there's, there's got to be a, 
a positive outcome. And, and I think your business definitely resonates like that to me. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's cool. But talk, us, uh, talk me about your own leadership style then. So, you know, being a leader within that business, obviously there's the two of you in there. How does it work between the two of you? Great. No, it's, yeah, it's, obviously one's stronger than the other on certain things or how does it work? Yeah, definitely. Um, we have our own set of skills that we acknowledge in the early years. We didn't kind of knowledge acknowledge we would cross over each other. And, um, but I think Ash's strongest point is finance. He runs the finance literally. Well, even the accountant says to him, like, he runs such a tight chip and they laugh at him on times because you know he, he does and he and, and that's been a massive massive contributing factor to us yeah. surviving and getting to even 11 years in business because if you haven't got the finances behind you when you get one or two clients that don't pay or go best yeah you you haven't got a business you know so if you can't pay your staff so um so how he looks after the finances has been just tremendous um yes. And I'm not good at finances, so there's definitely a, uh, you know, sort of a, a divide in what we do there. Yeah. And and I think I I've always been more people orientated, more people focused, um, and visionary. So I understand where I want the business to be, and I, you know, and I set the goals of you know I want to achieve a million pound turnover, I want to get to 100 staff, I want 200 staff, I I want the business to look like this, I want us to win this type of contract, and I think the more you're aware of what you want it doesn't find you but you're, you're looking for it um, it's almost like a car isn't it you you know you, you, you won't buy this lovely new car and then all of a sudden you see them everywhere and you think i've never seen them before um but you know and yeah i've never seen one of these before now, now everybody's got them i'm not happy um but it's you know having that vision being able to push the business forward each time and um strategically um making sure that you know what people your business needs at what time i think that that that's a huge key contributing factor to um to not just the business growth but to also other people hitting burnout yeah. because if if i overload too much work onto this individual until we get to breaking point well we've actually broke and we've lost a manager or we've lost a member of staff because we put too much on them and i think it, it is about really um whereas actually then would sit down and go well we can't afford that and i'm like well we need to afford it you know this is what the business needs so you know we then need to take on more work to be able to afford that so um yeah and being husband and wife as well in business is um we used to look we used to have um, a glass pane window in between us for years and years and years right. and the last six seven months i moved into a different office so we, can, we can't see each other now. So I think that's helped. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I worked with my wife for many years. So I, I understand the challenges. I think, I think you know, uh, my wife's not here now, but she, she's just popped out. But the, I have actually had to get rid of my wife on a couple of occasions, actually. So it was, uh, they were always tough conversations to have. Yeah. Um, and, but I also understand the, the separation between taking work from work to home. How well, how well do you guys do that without prying too much on your home life? But is there a, has it been quite a natural process or have you, do you just find your, find your way with it? Uh, not at all. You know, no. it's like <laughs> one of us could be having a shower and the other one's doing something else. And it's, it, I would say, you know, a huge amount of, not that our marriage is based on our business, <laughs> but a huge amount of our conversations are work and right. it is really difficult if you're going on a tour or driving the car it's really difficult to not talk about work because yeah. 
our work is our life our business yeah. needs to be successful for us to be successful or for us to um you know continue doing what we want to do so yeah work Ashley has a very um, different approach to me. He's always been able to, from the day I met him up until today, he switches off quite easily. Right. Um, he, sorry? How about you? Not at all. I find right. it really hard. And I, and I think I'm so engrossed in, in the business. I just, I've loved creating the processes. I've loved yeah. learning. And if I'm not actually working, I'm learning. I'm listening to podcasts and reading books in the car. Um, I was going down to Gowerton yesterday for work and, you know, I've got audible books on and just, I, that's just a huge part of who I am. And if I'm not actually working, yeah. I'm helping myself become better so I can be better at my work. So, um, yeah, that's... You can see you're all about self-development as well. Who are you listening to at the moment then, just out of interest? Um, so I've got the, uh, is it Robert Sharman or Rob Sharman, the 5am yeah. club. Um, oh, really? I, I've listened to loads of books on Audible. Um, uh, the Chimp Paradox was a really good book. Yeah. Loved the Chimp Paradox. The Magic of Thinking Big was one of the books that changed me in terms of business. Um, I read that book when I was on holidays in Mexico and I used to get up every day. This was years ago. And I'd get up every day, five o'clock, take my book, go and have a cup of coffee while Ash and the kids were in bed. Yeah. And I read this book and, you know, highlighted all over the book. Is, and I just took so much from that book about yeah. thinking big, like the, like how powerful it is to actually see the vision and think big. So, um, yeah. so yeah, I love Audible, um, whereas Ash would quite comfortably sit down and watch a box set or, you know, go to golf and stuff. He does have that, but that's not a bad thing neither because he allows himself to switch off. And I think that is a good thing as well. It's... Um, you know, it's yeah, but we get on well. We 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 running still running the business together. We get on well. Awesome. Um, most people say they could never work with a husband or wife, and you know it is difficult. It is challenging, but we do it really well. We both have boundaries. We know when not to cross over, and I think it's about respecting each other in what we do, even though we do still have conflict in work. <laughs> yeah, of course, but the, the conflict is part and parcel of it, though, isn't it? it? As long as there's a healthy conflict and, you, and you're pushing each other and the business forward, then I think, I personally think that's a, that's a healthy, it's healthy because it's, it, it's, about, it's about pushing it forward. You mentioned success earlier on. What is success and what does the future look like? What is success? So success used to be for me, um, being able to give my children a sort of a lifestyle that I was unable to 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 to, to just do and things that my kids have been able to do. Yeah. Um, and as I'm getting older, I think I'm starting to realize success to me is about having more freedom and more time. Okay. And I think, you know, because you can't buy time. Time no. is gone, it's gone. Um, and yeah, what does the future look like? We've got plans to continue growing the business. We've got some... Um, uh, we just finalized some really nice tenders. So if they come on board, that would just be amazing for us. And that'll um, give us uh, another sort of, um, another burst of growth really, I suppose. So, uh, so yeah, what does success look like? Success looks like, in the business, it looks like a perfectly orchestrated team. You know, right. like, you know, somebody just, reality, that's not how it looks at all. But, um, but yeah, just, just having things run, just just run smoothly the team doing what they should be doing and yeah. you know that 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 is to me is 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 
what I know will be successful because they look after our clients, they're looking after our staff and, and that is success is people being looked after. And um, me personally, just time. Yeah, just, yeah. just, just having that time. To yourself, or and do you, do you find time? Because what I was going to mother the question I was going to ask: What happens when you do go to the Maldives? Will you be able to relax? Is the question? I'll have my laptop and I'll have all the <laughs> signing stuff. Yeah, delegation and letting go has been one of my hardest things, and I'm I've learned over the last few years that I have to let go. I have to allow people to do, it. and I have to inspire other people to be able to and empower them to yeah. do what they're good at. You know, some of our staff, well, all of our staff, they're amazing at what. They do. Yeah. So you have to you have to let go of those strings. Just like a child, you have to let go of those apron strings. You have to allow them to make mistakes. And um, you know, and as long as if they learn from those mistakes, then one thing I always say when we meet potential clients, which I probably don't do any justice, but I, I'd rather be honest than not. And one thing I always say is that as a company, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. What I do pride ourselves on is how we put things right if things go wrong, because I know there's not one company out there that's perfect 100% of the time. But how do we, how do we, when, when we have got something wrong or our managers have got something wrong, our staff have got something wrong, or we've totally messed up, how do we put that right? And how do we continue to have your business when things have gone wrong is how we put it right. And I think um, that, that's, that's been, um, you know, sort of something that we've lived by for, for years and years and years. Um, and I think people buy into that because they know there's no such thing as a perfect company. Yeah. But when things I mean, go wrong, we put it right. Yeah, and I think that's such a strong thing to say as well, is actually the admission is we're never going to get it right 100%. You know, I, I mean, my, I've been in hospitality long enough. Blinking out, it can go absolutely wrong in hospitality, but it's not so much it going wrong. I totally agree with you. It's the fact that actually I know I can fix it pretty quickly, you know, yeah. and it's that fix in there. I think that's really refreshing. So I've got a question about a day in the life of. So what does a normal day look like? Because you mentioned 5 a.m. Is it an early start? I take it with it with the business? Uh, for, um, yeah. So I've got a team of management now um, and we're currently looking for an operations manager. Okay. Um, so the management sit below me and I oversee the management, um, but we want to try and change the way that that's structured. So there's an option between me and the management team. Yeah. Um, our business runs anywhere from 3 a.m. I would say we're actually now a security 24-7. So our business is 24-7, seven days a week. Um, so what does can, your day look like? What time do you wake up? Uh, now, at the moment, I've started to lie in a little bit for the first time in in my whole life of running a business. Um, I probably get up now about six-ish, half six. I used to yeah. get up anywhere from half three, half four. And I was up, whether I was out working, up training staff, setting up a new site at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, I now actually, um, I work from home a bit more now. So that's kind of giving me a bit more of a balance. Yeah. Um, but a typical day in me, I'll get up in the morning. Um, I'm just starting to do a bit more exercise in the morning because I left myself... I wouldn't say I let myself go, but work overtook me. I, yeah, yeah, not in that. I just, I just didn't allow, and it is really hard sometimes to to give yourself the permission to take time to exercise. That like it's almost like I have to do this. Well, no, I, it's like, it's okay to take time out and not be in your business. Like that guilt feeling. If if I'm not there, then you know I feel guilty and things. So a typical day, I'd get up in the morning. Um, do some exercise, uh, come into the office or work from home. 
Um, Monday and a Wednesday I now finish at five because I do PT outside of um, it's outdoors. It's all outdoor PT. So that's been a, a massive boost for my mental health. Other days, I support management teams. I have gone to site with them. I'm going to training with them. So it's ensuring that my managers are doing a good job at managing the cleaning team. So, um, so yeah, that there's no two days are the same in our industry, not at all. Um, but yeah, we're just sort of you know, and it's all about keeping our clients and staff happy. And I've also got to keep my management team happy as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. It's like a proper whirlwind. I, I love it. It's just like every day's constantly having a go and I love that I love that that's exactly why again I've been in the industry for 20 odd years it's just every day is different and I love that within you it's brilliant and the energy is is like I can feel the energy from you it's great right so thank you ever so much we've got three more questions we've come to the end near enough I got three more questions for you the final three I always ask everyone so what are the three non-negotiables to get into Rainer's world or to come into your your world what are the three non-negotiables somebody's got to have or you know they've, they've got to have to do that um i think honesty is a big one for me i um my some of my staff has been here the longest will know i've always found it hard to trust people trust has been um a real hard thing for me to um and, and when people do start to build that trust once they've done something to break that I don't let go of it quite easily neither. So I think honesty, to be able to be in my world, honesty is um, is massive. Mm. Um, second thing is they can't drain your energy. Um, I think if you're if you if you're working with somebody or you've even got a friendship group that is constantly negative, constantly draining you, that just pulls you down, and and it's almost a question of. Do they hold your hand to pull you down or do they hold your hand to raise you up? And um, yeah, I think they, they've got to be people to um, to raise you up. And thirdly, in my world, um, <laughs> I'd probably say more so this year than ever before. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, no bullshit. Um, just, yeah, just, just, just no bullshit because I think we've gotten to a point in our business where people have pulled the wool over my eyes. People have... Um, kind of earned trust and then it's hard to let these people go and um understanding who's right for the business and who's not right for the business and these people might have been right for the business during this phase of growth but for this next phase of growth they might not be right and it's so I think when when I started back after um 2020 there was a few things that I was just like right no bullshit anymore that's it we've got to make tough decisions on times and we've got to do what's right for the business not from a an heart or a personal or an emotional point of view. Yeah, I, the, 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 I don't know if you've read it or not, but there's a book called Legacy, which is about the New Zealand rugby team. And they talk about no dickheads, right? Okay. So if you go into the New Zealand dressing room, if you get the chance to wear that New Zealand top, whatever happens, if you've got an ego, you're a dickhead, you ain't coming in. And I love that, the no bullshit bit is exactly like that, isn't it? You know, yeah. if there's, you know, there's no bullshit about it. That's how it is. That's how it's going to go. And that's what we want going forward. And that's the 11 years experience or longer than that to get those decisions. And you, that's what I love. It. I love it. I do. I think, oh, yeah. that's amazing. I, I can't put that on our values, though, could I? Right to the bottom. <laughs> one of our values. Yeah. One of the company's values is no bullshit. I can't put that yeah. on the end of it. But, um, yeah. Not the company slogan. Not this year, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so the biggest life lesson, the, the next question. So the biggest life lesson you've had so far? 
So is there is there one that stands out that you think, well, you know, that's my biggest life lesson so far? Oh, my biggest life lesson. <laughs> um, my biggest life lesson. I'd probably say when I um I don't know if it's life, it's more business, my business life lesson. Yeah, go um, on, you can be business. I, I I'll let you on that one. Go on. Anything that you comes to mind with it? I actually I'll go with my business and uh, my most like biggest life lesson. I would say my biggest life lesson would be to get to a point in your life where you're not living your life by what others think of you. You're living your life by what you think of yourself. So you have to think of yourself as positive. And if, and if you're not, then you need to change that because for so many years, you like, you can live your life by what other people think of you, by external factors, by somebody told you to do this, somebody thinks you're horrible or, you know, or somebody thinks you're a bad mum or you're, you know, so all of these slogans kind of define us and we believe them. I think the last few years, I've really done a lot of work to be able to let go of all the labels, all of the slogans that I've pinned upon my body and just thought, remove that because that's not true. Remove that, that's not true. Um, And uh, that's probably been my biggest life lesson is now I'm starting to live a more happy, purposeful life. And yeah, I struggle with my mental health and I still hit peaks and troughs and dips and things, but being able to pull myself out of it far quicker now by having that mindset is probably, well, is the biggest life lesson I've learned. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Letting go. Yeah, letting go. But the one thing that came to me in mind then, you can only control the controllables. Yeah. So one of those bits that, you know, yes, everyone can throw things at you. And we are in that society nowadays where there's a lot, there's so many things being said. Um, and I, you know, I, again, that's another cracker for me. I love that one as well. Uh, so if you had a chance to go back to, let's say, you'd say a 15-year-old, 15-year-old Rainer, you've got a chance to go back and have a chat with Rainer at 15. What, what sort of advice would you say? Would you would you give that fifteen year old? I will tell a fifteen year old there is going to be one hell of a journey in front of you. Yeah. And you're going to be really scared, but don't allow the fear to control you. Yeah, Get over the fear as quick as you can, because when you are consumed with fear it holds you back from so many things. So I would definitely say to myself, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be challenging, there's going to be lots of scary moments, but just move on, don't worry about it. And then the, 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 what, I, I, a little bonus question, would your 15 year old self listen to that? No, <laughs> don't be, no, actually, if I, let me have a little chat with her. Yeah, she believes me, yeah, she believes me. If, uh, it, if it was, my parents or a teacher telling me then absolutely not because kids know no. best but I, th- I think understanding that we all do have a younger self and we beat ourselves up when we were younger and things and if 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 they did actually listen can you imagine how much more powerful these 15 16 yeah. year olds would be because they wouldn't care what social media said about them they wouldn't care what their friends are saying on private group chats I got my daughter yeah. and she just found out that a few of her so-called friends um, had a group chat behind her back and was like saying lots of things about her. And I just think that's just such a cruel environment. Um, and, and kind of the things that I would say to my younger self, I'm saying to my daughter now, she's nearly 17 and yeah. I'm saying all of these things to her and 
she's actually let go of some of these friends who don't speak to them. And she's like, I'm, I actually don't need these people in my life, mum. And I'm like, well done. That's Good great. for That's you, you know. Um, so, so me. And then the, the last one, because I always give everyone an opportunity. If someone wants to reach out, someone's listened to this and gone, even from a contract point of view, or really would like to, to reach out to you, how, how is best to reach out to you? Um, the, my email address, so uh, reynard, A-R-C-S hyphen cleaning.co.uk. We've got a website, A&R Cleaning, um, and there's loads of um, links for LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So, um, so yeah, we're pretty much on all the social media channels and um, just Google A&R Cleaning Services or Raina Davis. Um, if they put in Raina Davis, they'd have to put Raina Davis Cleaning because there's a Raina Davis Architect in Nottingham. Right. So if they put that in, they'll have them. If no, they put Raina Davis Cleaning... A different, a different person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. totally different. Yeah. That's brilliant. I, I've got to be honest. Thank you ever so much for taking the time out. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up and talking through your journey. It's been an amazing journey so far. And I'm I'm so excited to see the future as well because I just think it's going to be something, but well, I know it is. It already is something exciting. And I'm really looking forward to watching the journey go through there. Now. So thank you ever so much for your time and, and crack on. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Have a lovely day. You too. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I really hope you enjoyed that because I thoroughly enjoyed being part of it. Um, I didn't know Raina that well going into the call or the, the podcast, but I got a really real feel for her energy. Her work ethic is phenomenal. I think what her and her husband have done is just fantastic, but it shows whatever cards you dealt, you can do anything. You want anything you feel like you can do, you can do. Raina's on a journey, um, such an inspiration for, for women uh, and business people alike. So I hope you took something from it. I really did. I loved it. Really enjoyed being part of it. Uh, and on to the next one. So, episode seven, here we go. Uh, crack on. Crack on.